this morning, we continue in that vein of allowing the Lord to lead us and to guide us. And we do so in light of Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. So if you have your Bibles, you can take them out, turn them on, open them up, whatever it looks like for you this morning in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And we're looking at, as you see on your outline, blind beggar Bartimaeus. Blind beggar Bart is who we're looking at this morning. And we're gonna look at uh, this incredibly interesting story of Jesus on the road to Jerusalem being intersected by blind beggar Bartimaeus. So let's start together in verse 46. And there's a lot that we need to look at in light of what we learned last week. A lot of parallels, a lot of uh, kind of building upon what we've learned previously. Again, that's why we read scripture in light of the context in which it's written. And so again, this morning, let's Read this together and then let's allow the Lord to lead us. You have your outline in front of you. There'll be some notes that you're welcome to take if you would like. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man and said to him, take heart, get up. It is he who is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray together. Lord, would you infuse our hearts, infuse our souls, Lord, with spiritual insight to our own state Lord, let us see you clearly, Lord. Open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you would have for us. Lord, we recognize our need, our desperate need for you this morning. And afresh and anew, we allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time that we have together. In your name we pray, amen. The first thing that we see is the crowd's two responses to the beggar. In this moment, as Jesus is going on his way to Jericho, back to Jerusalem, you see that there are two distinct responses from the crowd to this blind beggar. Two very distinct opportunities in which in a moment you see them react one way and then in another moment you see the crowd react in another way. Two very distinct reactions from the crowd to this blind beggar. So let's pick up on what these two reactions are, right? This guy has no eyesight but this blind beggar has pretty good insight. And he's walking down the road, he's sitting by the road and all of a sudden he sees Jesus coming and there's something in him without eyesight, eyesight he sees that this is the son of God. No eyesight, but plenty of insight. And he sees walking by the road, excuse me, he doesn't see, but he hears walking down the road, this Jesus who has done miraculous and mighty things. Without eyesight, this blind man begins to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You can imagine Jesus just walking by, all these crowds following Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus knows precisely where he's going. 
All the crowds following beside Jesus, walking with Jesus, ready to go to Jerusalem with Jesus. And here is this blind beggar, Bartimaeus. And at the top of his lungs, he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all the people are just like, can we get this guy to be quiet? Can we just, can we get the, this guy is a nuisance. He's, he's bothering everybody. He's distracting us from Jerusalem. Can we just get this guy to please be quiet? I mean, it says the crowds rebuked him. You see the first response from the crowds is right there on your outline, insignificant and disruptive. On the way to Jerusalem, this man crying out to Jesus saying, Jesus, please have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. The crowd's response is to rebuke this man, to tell him to hush up, to be quiet, recognizing that he is an insignificant man on the way to a very significant moment in Jesus' ministry. The first response of the crowd is simply to recognize in this man that he is insignificant. In the grand scheme of Jesus' eternal call, this blind beggar, take for a moment that this man on the side of the road, on, his, on the way to Jericho, this much-traveled infrastructure land, here is this man standing by the side of the road, seemingly com- completely insignificant, blind, beggar. He's got to rely on everyone around him for all of his sustenance. And here he is, Jesus Son of David, please have mercy. And all the while, the crowds are just saying, please be quiet. Please hush up. Please stop. It's, it's Jesus and you're a beggar. Please just stay over where you're supposed to be on the sidelines. You blind beggar, just be quiet. I mean, rebuking is a strong word, right? They are rebuking this man. Hey, you have no right. Be quiet. You're annoying us. You're insignificant. Man, you're a blind beggar. Just chill out, man. Come on, here's some, here's some money. Just take it and be quiet. But notice as he is rebuked, he yells out even louder. Can't you, can't you imagine the crowds like, hey, be quiet. And as they're telling him to be quiet, they only yell out even louder. Right, hey, be quiet, man. And he's just like, Jesus, hey, please, please, Jesus. And they're like, come on, man, stop, stop. And so eventually they just say, well, I guess we better just stop because we tell him to rebuke and he's just gonna get even louder. So here it is, this man saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This insignificant, this disruptive man stops Jesus in his tracks. Think about it for a moment, that the savior of the world, who's on his way to Jerusalem to die on the cross to save the world of their sins, the God who is with in the beginning to create everything, who flung the stars in the sky, stops cold in his tracks for this blind beggar Bartimaeus. There's something different here that Jesus picks up on that this blind beggar calling his name, saying Jesus, son of David, a messianic title to say, I recognize, even though with no eyesight, I've got the insight to recognize that you are the son of David, that you are the Messiah, stops Jesus dead in his tracks. It gives me a lot of hope. It recognizes who Jesus is. 
that in the midst of him on one of his most important things that he would ever do to come to die on the cross, in the midst of his going to Jerusalem, would not see this man as insignificant, would not see this man as disruptive, but to see him as an essential part of his ministry on this earth, to come to give sight to the blind. And so here, Jesus stops dead in his tracks. And so this man goes from being insignificant and disruptive, that's the first crowd response, to the moment when Jesus says, hey, call this man to me. All of a sudden, the crowd goes from disruptive and insignificant to encouraging this man and valuing this man. In the blink of an eye, when Jesus puts value onto this man, all of a sudden, the crowds go to this man and say, take heart, cheer up, my man. They're pumped for this guy. Hey, Bartimaeus, cheer up. Jesus has called you. Take heart, Bartimaeus. Get up, pick up your mat, let's go. Jesus has called you. And all of a sudden, as soon as Jesus shows value in this man, the crowds change everything and they see this man with encouragement to say, take heart, get up. Jesus has shown value in you. Come on, man. Jesus has seen you. And all of a sudden, the people go from an insignificant distraction and a disruption along the way to an encouragement to this blind Bartimaeus. I want you to remember what we talked about two weeks ago. As you look back just a a few pages in your text in Mark chapter 10, you see that just a few verses before this, what did Jesus tell the disciples? You can see it right in your Bible. He said, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. I mean, still ringing in the back of the disciples' mind, Jesus has just told them, the Son of Man has not come to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And here, just a few verses later, what is Jesus doing? He's precisely putting into action the very thing that he told his disciples. Hey guys, it would be a lot easier for us just to keep on going to Jerusalem. It would be a lot easier for us to just ignore this man. Hey, just plug your ears and keep walking, right? Hey, disciples, let me just, this is a trade I've learned. Just plug it, just keep walking. Don't, don't, don't look at them, right? Just keep walking. But instead, Jesus, Jesus puts flesh to the reality of what he's just told his disciples. That the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. And so this is precisely what Jesus is doing. A reminder that what each of us are called to do precisely this. If we're supposed to be small representations of Jesus in the world, this is what Jesus would do, would look at people with value and to encourage them. In the midst of all of our busyness and struggle, do we see people as as inconvenient, as distractions along our pathway? Do we see people as worthy, made in the image of God? Or would we be like the crowd and say, just please be quiet. Please stop bothering us. We've got a mission to accomplish. We've got things to do. You see, once again, Jesus stopped dead in his tracks for this blind Bartimaeus, seemingly of no value and insignificant in the grand scheme of eternity, but he's got his name written right in the pages of the Bible because Jesus stopped. You see the crowd's two reactions to the beggar, but you also see Bartimaeus' prayer of faith. The second bulleted point on your outline is Bartimaeus' prayer of faith. And I want us to pause for a moment because we see again the two passages that we've looked at deeply connected. If you look just a few pages before, or passages before, you remember that James and John were walking with Jesus on the way. And they stop Jesus and what do they say? They say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever it is that we ask. Y'all remember this? 
I mean, how bold of a request from the sons of thunder to say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever it is that we ask. And how did Jesus respond? All right, what do you want me to do for you? If you, if you see on your Bible here, you see that this blind man comes to Jesus and Jesus stops and says, what do you want me to do for you? Precisely the same words that he just said to James and John. Hey, James and John, what do you want me to do for me? Blind beggar Bartimaeus, what is it that you want, to do, what, want me to do for you? Can you imagine James and John standing there saying, hey, he just did this for us, right? And they failed miserably, right? They wanted extraordinary glory. And here, blind Bartimaeus just wants, simply wants ordinary health. You see Jesus just teaching over and over again as he says to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And here, blind Bartimaeus has two words that are two things that I think sum up blind Bartimaeus that each of us deeply needs to seat with us. Blind Bartimaeus' prayer was prayed with humility. Blind Bartimaeus standing by the roadside, seeing Jesus come to on the roadside, Jesus or blind Bartimaeus would cry out with humility. I mean, he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy, Jesus, please have mercy on me. Recognizing that he is an insignificant beggar on the road to Jerusalem, blind Bartimaeus has a recognition of humility. And I know that over the weeks, I have hit on this over and over and over again. I've talked about humility and pride over and over and over again because the Bible talks about it over and over and over again. The scripture would tell us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. For a moment, I want you to think about what that looks like, that God would oppose the proud, meaning God is in opposition to the proud. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be in opposition to God in anything. That's a battle I will lose 100% of the time. If you're planning to be in opposition to God, man, that ain't good. God would oppose the proud. And all through the pages of scripture, you see God calling his people to humility. One of the chief hallmarks of a believer is humility. And where James and John wanted extraordinary glory to be seated at Jesus' left and right hand, here blind Bartimaeus just says, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Who am I, a sinner? Just Lord, have mercy on me. See, glory versus mercy. Once again, in the pages of scripture, we see humility. Jesus cares for those who are humble, who humble themselves. And so first and foremost, as you're praying, as you're walking this Christian life, are you rooting out the semblances of pride in your life? As believers, we're called towards a deep-seated humility that would continue to recognize, Lord, thank you that you've saved a wretch like me. And secondly, we see that there's a prayer of faith with real desire, with real desire. Number two, with real desire. Bartimaeus asked Jesus, he says, teacher, with humility, he says, teacher, rabbi, with utmost humility, let me recover my sight, believing fully that Jesus is able to and has the power to restore his sight. He asked with earnest steadfastness, knowing that Jesus was able to do it. I want to pause for a moment and ask you a simple question. If Jesus were to be here today and he were to ask you, Mark, what is it that you want me to do for you? What is it that you want me to do for you? 
what do you think your response would be? For James and John, it was, Lord, give, give me glory. Put me at the left and right hand. For Bartimaeus, it was simply, Lord, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was praying with a, with a resolute desire. He was crying out to the Lord, not seeing the Lord, but seeing the Lord with his spiritual insight, seeing that he was able and ready. So our earnest prayer begins with earnest desire. What are you earnestly asking the Lord for? What are you daily earnestly crying out to the Lord in humility for. Can I just share with you my heart what I'm praying earnestly for the Lord for? Daily, I ask, Lord, Lord, would you, would you fill my heart with wisdom? Lord, I, I desperately need wisdom to do the things that you have called me to do. Lord, without your wisdom, I am lost. Lord, would you, would you please, I, I beg you for your wisdom. I pray for Brittany and my, my spouse daily. Lord, would you help her to be all that you have called her to be? Lord, would you forge our marriage? Would you continue to lead us together to love one another deeply more and more every single day? I pray for my kids. Lord, would you grow them in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man? And I pray earnestly knowing that I desperately need the Lord's help in all of these areas. I need the Lord's help to, help to be the best husband that I can be to my wife, the best father that I can be to my kids and the leader of where God has called me to be and I desperately need it. And so it's with that earnestness, not a passiveness that says, oh Lord, I'm, I'm sure at one day my kids will just figure it out. At one day our marriage will just, we'll figure it out and we'll be happy and or one day this church is just gonna figure it all out and we'll be good. No, I desperately need, we desperately need the Lord's help and leadership in our life and are we earnestly pressing in in prayer for it? If the Lord was in front of you today and said, what do you want? What would be your response? What are you, what are you earnestly pressing into the Lord for? Is it glory? Or in humility, are you saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, teach me, show me your ways. And you see with a real desire, blind Bartimaeus cries out to the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, teacher, help me to recover my sight. Lord, have mercy on me. I believe what we're praying for reveals our hearts. Are we praying for the needs of others? Are we praying for the sick, the hurting, the grieving, and the wounded? Are we bearing down in prayer, earnestly, steadfastly, recognizing our deep need, but also recognizing who we are praying to? Blind Bartimaeus had never seen any of Jesus' miracles. Blind Bartimaeus had never seen the glory of the Lord. Blind Bartimaeus had never seen the splendor and the majesty of the Lord's goodness. But blind Bartimaeus knew precisely who to cry to. So last blank on your outline simply is this. There's more than meets the eyes. There's more than meets the eyes here. With resoluteness, you see the juxtaposition of the spiritually blind with the blind man right in front of them. That this is precisely the reason that Jesus has come into this world, to make the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear. And the juxtaposition of this is that the disciples and the crowds and the Pharisees have seen Jesus perform incredible miracles with their eyes. With their eyes, they have seen Jesus do miraculous things. They've seen the splendor and the beauty of the world all around them. They've seen and testified to Jesus' goodness. And yet for the Pharisees, you see right on your outline, Matthew 23, 26, you blind 
Pharisees. At the end of the day, they have seen Jesus do miraculous things, yet their hearts are blinded to his goodness. They've seen Jesus do miraculous things. They've seen him teach with authority. They've seen him cleanse the leper. They've seen him do miraculous things, yet here they are. They're blind to the reality of who Jesus is. Jesus has come to give sight to the blind. And one of Jesus' final miracles before he would endure the cross, he would cause the blind to see. This morning, we continue to pray, Lord, would you open the eyes of my heart to see you? Would you open the eyes of the blind to see you, Lord? Would you open the hearts of the people around me who desperately need you, Lord? Would you open their eyes to see you? For the Pharisees, for the disciples, they've seen Jesus in a multitude of ways, yet their hearts have not yet been opened to see Jesus fully. So this is where we get on our hands and our knees. We pray, Lord, would you open our hearts and we open our eyes? Because you see, at the end of the day, this, this blind Bartimaeus, he moved from spectator to fully devoted follower. In verse 46, we see that this, this blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the road, begging by the roadside. And at the very end of this passage in verse 52, what does it say? He immediately recovered his sight and he followed Jesus on the way. Today, this simply could be you. You could be standing by the roadside. You could be sitting in the pew. You could be standing on the sidelines of your faith. And as we come to trust and see Jesus for who he really is, he moves us from a spectator on the sidelines to following Jesus fully. This morning, I would encourage you to follow Jesus with everything that you are, to trust in Jesus, know that he cares for you. He stopped for Bartimaeus and he has saved each of us from our deepest of needs. This morning, I pray that if your heart is blind to the reality of who Jesus is, that your heart would be open to the reality that Jesus loves and cares for you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have indeed saved us from our sins. If we are in Christ, then our hearts have been opened, our eyes have been opened to see. Lord, move us from just a spectator on the roadside to a fully devoted follower of you. Leaving our cloak behind, leaving our tax collecting behind, leaving our mess behind to turn to you, Lord, the Messiah. Lord, continue to mold us more and more into your image. As we sang earlier, no, earlier, Again, would you have our hearts a sanctuary, Lord, a living, pure, and holy sanctuary. Oh, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.